The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. This week we're going to start just a very short uh, little series called Walking in Love. Jesus gave this command to his disciples, John 13, 34 and 35. He says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And the apostle John, he shared this insight with the people in the churches that he was writing to. 1 John 4, verses 7 and 8. He says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And then again in Scripture, Paul, the apostle, he gave this encouragement to the Christians at Colossae. And this is in Colossians 3, verses 12 to 14. He says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. I don't think there's really an argument about it uh, amongst Christian people that they know that love is an essential quality of a Christian's life. It's something that's to be found in a Christian's life. It's something that's to flow from a Christian's life. It's interesting because we all seem to know when we are being loved. And equally, we seem to be quite aware of when we're not being loved. We know when people are being nice to us, and we know when people are being, "Mm," you know, they're not being nice to us. I mean, obviously, there's a little bit of difficulty with the phrase discipline because there are times when we are disciplined by our parents, given correction, given adjustment. And sometimes at those moments, it doesn't always appear that that's particularly loving of them. I mean, they're coming in and they're stopping us from doing what we want to do. But we know that actually discipline is good for us. Even uh, in the scriptures, it says, uh, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And it's the same with our parents. Often when it comes to discipline, we look back at our lives and we think like, okay, I didn't like it at the time, but actually that's worked through for my good. But there's something about love, and I'm not going to talk about the discipline aspect of it. There's something about love which builds us up, which makes us feel special. It helps us. we, We know that we're not being judged when we're being loved. We're being accepted, and that makes us feel good. We love being loved. However, it's not just about receiving love. As we've read in the Bible, it says that we have a responsibility to give out love, to love others. 
So this week and next week, we're going to look at this subject of walking in love. Um, we're looking at walking in love. This week, probably more at the understanding of what Jesus taught. So we want to understand what did Jesus teach us, and then next week, we're going to be a bit more practical about the how. How do we put what Jesus has said into practice? So this week, point one, looking at what Jesus said. In looking at this passage, I'm going to reflect on a few things that I've read recently, which just give a little bit more of the, of the Jewish background, the Jewish way of life, which helped this passage to come out a little bit better. Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these commandments. Now, many of you will know, if you've been in church or you've heard stories about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were the two main religious groups at the time. Both of them were skeptical. Let's just say that. They were skeptical about Jesus. They wanted to test out who Jesus was. What was he doing? I mean, there was this guy that was amongst them, and he was doing amazing miracles. That they couldn't deny. I mean, there were people who were being healed. There were people who were being raised up. There were people who were lame that were suddenly walking. He was doing amazing miracles. But the question was, was he, A, the one that they were expecting, the one that the Scriptures talked about? Was he the one? So there's a sense in which them testing it all out. But also, was he following all the laws and decrees that they felt should be followed in the way that they should be followed? Was he actually obedient to all of those things? So these two religious groups were looking out intently, and often they would come to Jesus, and they would question Jesus, and they'd ask him questions to try to find out, well, where is he? They wanted to pigeonhole him. They wanted to try to understand him. And you know what we're, we're like? We, we like to pigeonhole people. Sometimes there's people in your office that you give a nickname to. Why? Because it, it, in some way, it, it's sort of you know, it's a bit of fun, you know, that, that's just who they are, that identifies what they're about, but also it's a, it's a strange way that we want to have some sort of position for them. We put them in that place. Well, this is what the Pharisees and the Sadducees were doing. And in this story, we've just found out that the Sadducees, they've had a go at talking to Jesus. They've asked some of their questions, and what they were asking about is actually, you know, they gave an example of somebody being married and then marrying on. Uh, and well, in heaven, who's going to be married? And, and they've just had the reply from Jesus, look, the, the problem with you guys is you don't know the Scriptures. You, you don't fully understand these things. So the Sadducees have gone off. They, they've, if you like, okay, they've had their questions answered. So now the Pharisees come up and, and they want to have a go. They want to check Jesus out and they want to find out what he's about. So here it says, the passage says that one of them, it says an expert in the law. An expert in the law. Now, he is a lawyer, but not in the same way as we'd understand a lawyer. Not somebody who you need to go to if you're going to move house or you need to have conveyancing done or something like that. That's a lawyer, as we know. But he is an expert in their law, and their law was the Torah. So he was an expert in the first five books of the Bible, which is what the Jews would call the Torah. That's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They're the foundational books 
of the Israelites. And these people who were experts in the law knew those books inside out. Genesis is the book of beginnings. That's where we find out about the story of, of Abraham. That's where we find out and see that the Israelites go into Egypt. And when we come into Exodus, we see the raising up of Moses, and we see them being led by God and escaping from Egypt to the point when they get the Ten Commandments. And then the rest of the books, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, in them, as well as the Ten Commandments, we have another 603 commandments. So out of these books, you have 613 commands for an expert in the law to get hold of. But here's the thing, because you think that 613 commands, my goodness, that's a lot. But the situation, honestly, is this. There's 613 commands, but well, exactly in my situation, how do we interpret that one? And, and, oh, I understand it from this point of view, but what about from this point of view? So actually, although you might think with 613 laws that that might be sufficient for the Jewish people to know how to live, in actual fact, they had the experts in the law to interpret that law to how their situation would be, and so therefore, they added on loads and loads more instructions and more laws onto those so that people could live life. And that's what these experts in the law were actually doing. Now, there was a big question, therefore, in Jewish society, not only at this time, but had been going on, because the debate was, well, out of all of these laws, which one is the most important? You see, so that was going on. Because different people had different views. This is important, that's important. Oh, we know that. So there was a big question going on, which of the laws is the most important? And that was a frequently debated question. So here, in this passage, we find an expert in the law coming up to Jesus and trying to find a way of pigeonholing him. Okay, Jesus, so which, in your opinion, is the greatest, is the most important commandment of them all? Which is the one which is above every other? In your view. Because when I hear what your view is, then it's going to enable me to be able to pigeonhole you so I can understand you. It's a little bit like somebody coming up to us today and saying, okay, so what's your view on the legalization of cannabis? Well, hang on, that's it. You see, okay, there's, there's all sorts of different views. Can it be used for medical purposes? What? There's all sorts of inferences about that, not just about is this a drug and should it be used or not. There's all sorts of debate about that. And when you give an answer, people want to say, okay, that's the camp you're in. That's where you are. Oh, you're in for legalizing cannabis. I, oh, my goodness. They wanted to get hold of Jesus and pigeonhole him so he could understand. Well, so the question is asked of Jesus. What's the most important law? And here we see Jesus coming back, and he's happy to answer the question. So, oh, what's the most important law? Well, in my view, this is the most important law. That you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Now, there's something else to understand here. This isn't just Jesus bringing out some teaching, him saying, okay, this is what you need to hear. Jesus is answering these experts in the law by actually quoting to him the Torah. He's coming back with the law. 
He's coming back and he's quoting from what we would find in Deuteronomy chapter 6. But it's not just that he's quoting a piece of scripture to him. He is quoting what the Jewish people called the Shema. And the Shema was their prayer. Our prayer, you could say, is the Lord's prayer. And people know that and people recite that. But the Shema for the Jews, this was a prayer that they would say three times a day. The Shema is this, hear O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That was the Shema prayer. So it wasn't just that Jesus was answering them in a way like, this is my teaching to you. Jesus is coming back to them and saying, listen, you know what you say every day. You know that which is so familiar to you. I want to raise that up before you and to tell you that which you announce, that is the most important commandment. That's the first and greatest commandment. Let me just show you in Deuteronomy 6 where this comes. Deuteronomy 6 verses 4 to 9. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And it's interesting that that extra bit is there. In other words, this is so important, you really need to get hold of it. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying to them. This is so important, you really need to get hold of it. So Jesus says, the first and greatest commandment is that you love the Lord your God. But Jesus doesn't stop there. And this really is the point I'm trying to get across to you this morning. Jesus doesn't stop there because he goes on to say, and the second is like it. But you think that the expert in the law would say, hang on a second, Jesus, I asked you, What was the first, what's the most important? Which one is the most important? And Jesus is answering, well, the one that is most important is that you should love the Lord your God. And and the second one that is most important, that's that's really what he's saying. The second one that is most important, hang on, I only want one. But Jesus comes back and he says, like, well, in effect, there are two, and there are two because they are inextricably linked. You see, to love God is also to love your neighbor. That's the point that Jesus is trying to get across to them. It's not only about loving God, it's about loving your neighbor. So he quotes to them the second time, this time again coming from the Torah. He quotes to them from Leviticus 19, verse 18, where it says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So Jesus isn't saying to them, look, here is the first and greatest commandment. Okay, that's there. And the second one is like it. He's not doing that. What he's saying is, here's the first and greatest commandment, and here's the second and greatest commandment. They're right up there as being the greatest commandments. And they are, in effect, inextricably linked because you can't love your neighbor without loving God, and you can't love God without loving your neighbor. That is what Jesus is actually getting across to this man. You need to love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. You need to love your neighbor as yourself. That's the point that Jesus is making. It's not either or. 
It's not if I've loved God, then I'm actually acceptable before God. God wants us to love him and he wants us to love our neighbor. And that is exactly the same as far as God is concerned. He wants us to do those things. Now, let's continue with this so that we can see this. Because this teaching is underlined by the Apostle John. So let's just go to John. 1 John 4, verses 20 to 21. This is what John writes. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. He, God has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. See, our motivation is to love God. But God loves us, and he's, he's the first one who loved us, in actual fact. He's loved us from the beginning. So our motivation to love is the fact that he has already loved us. And he says that we're to love him, but we're also to love those around us, our brothers and sisters. And you know what? If we don't love our brothers and sisters, but we say that we love God, no, you're, a lie. you're lying. John, do you have to put it like that? Can you not... Can you just ease back? I mean, being called a liar isn't exactly what we like. We feel uncomfortable about that. But that is what John is saying. So John, he reiterates it. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. If we are going to walk in love, then we need to realize right now, it's not just important to love God. It's also important to love our neighbor as ourselves. Okay, let's jump over to Luke chapter 10 now. So I'm going to read Luke chapter 10, 25 to 37. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he took the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Now here... I don't know whether this is exactly the same account. 
I think it's maybe a different one, because this time we see an expert in the law asking Jesus, and Jesus saying to him, well, what do you think is the most important? And it's almost like, well, he's heard Jesus' teaching, so now he's bringing it back to him. But the interesting thing in this particular passage is the fact that the guy then goes on to say, like, okay, well, I want to justify myself. I want to make sure that actually I am doing things right. So he wants to justify himself, and he wants to find out, well, who is my neighbor? Let's make sure we've got this right. Let's just find out that I'm doing things the right way. That's in effect. He wants to say, look, I'm living the right way, and everybody needs to hear about it, so let's just make sure in front of Jesus that that's true. That's the type of attitude that I think. And it's a good question, because let's face facts, we want to ask the same thing. Well, actually, you're telling us we should be loving other people. Well, exactly who should we be loving? Because, you see, every one of us has people who are our favorites and people who are not necessarily our favorites. Let's put it like that. So we don't like to say that we don't get on with people or we don't like people because that sounds a bit too harsh. So let's just look at it like this. We also want to know the answer to this. Who is our neighbor? Who is it that we really need to love and to be kind to? So Jesus tells a story in, as his answer. He tells the story of the man who's traveling on the Jericho Road and he gets robbed and attacked. And there are three other characters in the story, the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan. And, you know, as Jesus starts saying about the priest, I'm sure people think, oh, that's it, the priest, the guy who offers the sacrifices, this key leader as far as the Jewish people are concerned. That must be the one who's going to help. But, but no. He doesn't offer any help at all. Oh, well, okay, it's obviously one of his lesser people, the Levites. They also help to serve out, and they're part of the priestly line. So, okay, it must be one of the Levites. He's going to step in, but no, it's not. And then he goes on to say, we find out that it's a Samaritan who actually stops. Now, we should be aware, but if you're not, the Jews and the Samaritans are at enmity with each other. They speak ill of each other. They look down on each other. They despise one another. They don't like talking to each other. That's the tension here. So it's like there is a, there's a, a tension within what Jesus is recognizing because the expert in the law may well have been in a position of saying like, well, I love all my fellow Jews, but Samaritans, well, they're another thing. And in any case, you're not expecting us to love them, are you? Now, none of this is spoken but in effect, this is what Jesus is dealing with here. He's dealing with prejudice. He's dealing with mindsets. He's coming back. But he doesn't say, do you think we should deal this with a Samaritan? He doesn't talk about that. He just brings a Samaritan into the story. And in the story, wow, who is it the one who helps out? Who goes the extra mile? Who offers help and assistance? It just so happens to be a Samaritan. That's who it is. So, we see him caring, we see him showing mercy, we see him showing all of this goodness. That's what Jesus shows us. So then, having told the story, Jesus turns around and says, okay, who is it who is the neighbor in this story? Not who is my neighbor, but who is it who's the neighbor? Who is it who's done the thing that you want to see happening? What is a neighborly thing to do? What's the loving attitude? Where is that being displayed? What do you think? So now we come back to the expert in the law, and he says, well, it's obvious. It's the one who showed mercy. It's the one who took the time. It's the one who came and helped. He is the one who was a neighbor. That's the one. Okay, 
says Jesus. Jesus doesn't say like, well, are you doing that? He just says, okay, well, that's what we need to do then. And left it there. Jesus is an expert at answering questions. He doesn't always answer them directly as the way we would expect, but he changes the heart and the attitude of the person asking the question so that they come to a fuller understanding. And that is exactly what happens here. So on that basis, who is my neighbor, we might ask. Well, it's not just my family members, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister. It's not just my friends. It really includes everybody who is in my world or for you, everybody who's in your world everybody that you'll have dealings with, or everybody who is in your world who needs help and that you have the power to help them, you have the ability and the opportunity to help them, no matter what their rank or what their race or what their religion is, you can go and help them. That is your neighbor. That's what Jesus is saying. So what has Jesus been saying throughout this whole thing? that we've been looking at this morning. What does it mean for us to walk in love? For us as Christians, to walk in love, it means this, that we love God with all of our hearts and that we love our neighbor as ourselves. And those are not on the scales, as in like, as long as the scale is up towards God, then everything's sorted. This is the two commandments that are of equivalent importance. The two greatest commandments are these. And therefore, we need to apply ourselves to to each of them. So walking in love means that we are fulfilling that. We're loving God. We're loving our neighbor. And the sphere of our love is to be all of those who are in our world, all who are part of our lives, regardless of their, their rank, whether they're that important or whether they don't seem to be important at all to us, regardless of the color of their skin or their race. It doesn't matter whether you like people from that nation or not that nation. It doesn't matter, regardless of race, regardless of their religious beliefs. They are the neighbors that are in our lives, and they are the ones that we have been called to love. So that just sets the scene And next week, we'll look a bit more practically at it. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning. Or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.